Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is going on, Charlotte Hornets fans? It is I, Darian Thomas, and you're listening to the Believe in Hornets podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I know it's been a long time, but I really was trying to wait and see what is going on with the Charlotte Hornets. I didn't know if they were going to trade to. I was just scared. I was just scared to put up something and then it, it would just wouldn't matter, you know, and, and podcast isn't like a tweet. A podcast isn't isn't even really like a YouTube video in some instances. So I was just waiting, but I couldn't wait any longer. There's so much to talk about. I'm recording this on Tuesday, June 20th, and there's so much to talk about. And I'm very excited to talk about it with y'all. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and talk about it. The first thing I want to talk about is if the Hornets are even going to trade the pick, just because of the fact that there's no point of talking about Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, if the Hornets are going to trade the pick. So we're just going to talk about some potential trades and kind of break that down and just let me know what your your thoughts are, just because of the fact that the Charlotte Hornets are in an interesting position. They control the entire draft, kind of. There's, I think after like 16, maybe, can we go 15? Hawks pick at 15, I believe. So Pelicans pick 14. So yeah, after the Pelicans pick at 14, I don't think there's anybody interested in moving up. Uh, they just don't want to give up what they have uh, in order to move up to get to or whatever the case may be. Completely understandable. But Pelicans up till back to the Hornets, it, it Anybody could be a trade partner. And then also the draft is so crazy that it really could be someone. The Nuggets, I know that's not going to happen, but I'm just saying. Congratulations to them, by the way, for winning the uh, NBA championship. Congratulations to Jokic. It was really tough for me because I didn't know if I wanted Jokic to win or Jimmy Butler. Like I said that at the beginning, not thinking the Heat were going to make it to the finals, and they made it to the finals. So it was really tough for me. But anyway... It, it, the NBA draft is crazy, so there's no telling what could happen. Not quite crazy as the NFL draft, but I digress. After, I'll give it up to the Pelicans pick. That's where it's that's you kind of see the potential suitors die down uh, as far as who would be willing to trade to get into where the Hornets are picking. And so, I mean, we've seen a lot with the Pelicans specifically. Uh, it would probably be like, and this is just a rough sketch. I'm not putting no trade together right now, but. We've seen, you know, Zion, 14, Trey Murphy, maybe like a couple of extra picks, um, maybe like a future first and two seconds or something like that for number two and Gordon Hayward, number two and Jay Rozier. So just somewhere around that, we could say that's the starting point. And the reason it's interesting is because Zion, healthy, because let alone forget what he's doing off the court. That I mean, that that doesn't really matter. Well, I will say it might matter to a franchise like the Charlotte Hornets because you have Miles Bridges and more than likely he's coming back. So that's something you got to think about. But outside of that, what I'm saying is Zion healthy. I think you're trading two. Well, actually, Zion healthy. I don't think the Pelicans are even entertaining the idea of trading Zion. Uh, Zion is literally a top 10 player when healthy. And there's no one that can tell me any different. It's just the win healthy part. It's hard to get him on the floor. 
part of me wants to say that it could be because he just does not want to be in New Orleans. Part of me is like he's actually injured. Part of me is just the Pelicans are also just being very, very careful because they have a chance. Like they have Brendan. I mean, I think what they have now is probably better than anything they had with Anthony Davis team-wise. I will say maybe you could say Anthony Davis was the better player, better potential player. Anthony Davis was supposed to take some type of jump where he was literally top two in the NBA, top three in the NBA. I don't think it ever quite happened, but he still is having an amazing career. The Pelicans are looking to win. Um, In trading Zion, they may feel like that's the best bet. But like I said, it's Zion healthy. I don't think they're making even making this trade. And that's what makes it tough because if you're the Hornets, Zion, when he's on the court, you of course you want that. Of course you think that will help the Hornets be this team that could potentially make the playoffs. I mean, you got a guy who, if he played even 72 games, you could see him be an all-star. Well, not even just an all-star. Uh, he could be in the running for MVP. First team, second team, like we're, we're talking, these are the type of accolades we're talking about with Zion if he can just play. And it's interesting because it's just still not enough just getting Zion. So that's when you bring in the Trey Murphy of the world, who I think is an excellent catch and shoot player. I think he'll be a great uh, perimeter defender for us. I think Trey Murphy is very switchable. I love that he's able to play so many positions. I love his skill set. I love Trey Murphy and you have to add that and 14. And some people could say that's too much. One, I feel like that's part of it. Part of making trades at this time is that it is too much because of the fact that neither team really wants to give up what they have. So that, but there is a point where any deal can be completed. And so we're, I guess, putting a trade together for the Hornets and Pelicans, you have to find where that medium is. It's, there's no way you can just drop a trade and say, this is it. Both teams are going to agree. It's just not possible. I think that's something that is not understood enough. Because, for example, if you're the Pelicans, you're trading Zion at the end of the day, regardless if he doesn't play as much as you would like him to. But you, you're you already giving away that, and then you do have to give away other stuff as well as Zion insurance. Because if I'm the Hornets, I'm not taking anything less than Zion, Trey Murphy, 14, and then maybe a first down the road. And it's not because Zion is not valuable necessarily. It's more so you need Zion insurance. Because if the if the key cog in that in that whole draft scenario is Zion, and he never goes back to what we expect from Zion, then it defeats the whole purpose. It, it defeats the purpose of the trade. So at least you need something to combat if Zion is never Zion again. At least we got something out of it. I think that's how you have to look at it if you're the Charlotte Hornets. But like I said, if you're the Pelican, that's way too much to give up unless you just really, really, really believe in Scoot Henderson. So that's why it's just so tough to work out these trades. People try, try to make it seem so easy, but it's not. I think it's just very interesting because of the fact that you need that Zion insurance. And if you're the Pelicans, it, the Zion insurance just may be too much. Because at, at what point are you risking your team being good at for the sake of unloading Zion or, you know, getting Scoot Henderson, however you look at that. It, that's where it gets interesting. So I just don't think there's going to be a deal. 
in any way, as a Hornets fan, I would prefer Brandon Miller. I mean, I said Brandon Miller. I prefer Scoot Henderson, actually. But I prefer Brandon Ingram if we're going to be making a trade. It's not that Brandon Ingram is this guy who has, you know, an unblemished health record. I mean, he dealt with injury last year. I think he was out for a, a good period of time last year. But I do think that what he does and... His health is a little more reliable, actually a lot more reliable than Zion. We also saw Brandon Ingram play in the play-in. Was it a play-in? Was it a playoffs? No, they made the playoffs, didn't they? And and yeah, they made the playoffs because they played the Suns and gave the Suns a run for their money. So that's something you have to think about. I, I it was just Brandon Ingram. It was just him, and he was doing his thing out there. So I would rather have Brandon Ingram. Now you still need. Some extra, you just need something extra because Brandon Ingram, I think, has two years left in his deal, so he could leave. So either you need a sign in, well, not a sign in trade, but you need a guarantee from Brandon Ingram that he is going to resign. And so then maybe that brings down the cost for the number two pick down a little bit. Or you don't get that guarantee from Brandon Ingram. And rightfully so, I can understand him being like, hey, I, just, I want to play at least my first season, and we can talk about an extension later. So then if that's the case, then you do need something a little more in return. But even then, it's not as much as you would need with trading Zion. So if you're the Pelicans, it's like, okay, we could trade Brandon Ingram. Won't have to include so much. But at the same time, we're left with the guy who is obviously the better player, but is never as healthy. So that that's just where it, that I feel like that trade ends. And I don't, I don't think it's going to happen unless one team is willing to give. Unless the Hornets are willing to be like, you know what? We really want to win, especially with new owners, which is something we actually need to talk about. But especially with new owners, we want to win. So therefore, we'll we'll, we'll take this risk. We'll do a Matt Ishbia from the Phoenix Suns. If that's something they want to do, then I get it. But I just don't think that's anything. I don't think either trade. I don't think no matter what you do, it's going to be something that the other team wants. So that's something we have to think about. Another possible team. I've heard a lot is the we'll do the Pacers and the Magic. I haven't seen any trades drawn up for them like I've seen for the uh, Pelicans. However, uh, I I know a, a big reason a lot of people are willing to say that the Magic and Pacers are looking to trade for what the Charlotte Hornets have with the number two overall pick is because the Magic and Pacers have two lottery picks both each right if i'm not mistaken or no i think the the pacers have a lot of first round picks magic actually have six and eleven so with that being said uh the magic obviously will be trading up for scoot henderson and more than likely the pacers will be trading up to get brandon miller because they already have tyrese halliburton and while we say that scoot can work with mellow scoot can also work with tyrese halliburton but i feel like more so if you're the pacers they're looking to fill out that roster um as opposed to the hornets we have a couple of guys who are in other positions it's just you know do we want to get even better at said position so let's just start with the magic with the magic i'm not tech I'm it would be what 611 maybe a player who's that player I have no idea uh maybe you take I wouldn't say Jalen Suggs maybe they give you Cole Anthony cuz I think they would want to keep Markel and and Jalen Suggs so maybe you get Cole Anthony maybe you get I'm trying to think who else is on that roster no one I can really think of I mean maybe Jonathan Isaac I don't know what his deal looks like I don't know, but there's something there. However, if you're the Hornets, 
I don't think we need any more players. We have a lot of players. There are some guys on this team who need minutes, but I'm not willing to miss out on better prospects for the sake of hoping these guys pan out. But at the same time, I'm not looking to overload roster either. So it's hard to pick on the Hornets behalf because I have no idea what they're truly looking for. If they're truly looking to, hey, new owners, um, we're about to hopefully resign LaMelo Ball. We have the second overall pick, which could bring in, you know, other assets if we're looking to trade it. Let's just blow it up. If they're blowing it up, then, okay, 6-11, I don't know. There, there's something there to be added to that. Then, boom, we have a deal, you know. But I don't think the Hornets are looking to do that. Mitch Kupchak said they're looking to make the playoffs, and he said that right at the end of last season. So, well, this season, rather. So maybe that's the case. If they're looking to make the playoffs, there's no need to add a bunch of rookies. I know last year, one of the big th- reasons they traded that second uh, first-round pick that they had was because they felt like they had already enough young players on the roster, which they do. It's just none of those guys have just hit me. Uh, James Booknight, of course, struggling. Uh, JT Thor is improving, but it's not like he's just, just this guy I would never want to move. I personally don't want to see him move. I, I think he I think he'll end up being a pretty good NBA player. It's just I'm not going to not field offers just because we have JT Thor. Um guy Bryce McGowns who really only had a couple of months. He's probably the only one that I would be like hesitant to move just because we just got him. I I, I we just seen him play. I'm not willing to move him necessarily. And the reason I say you have to move these guys is because you can't have both. You cannot have James Booknight, Bryce McCowns, Kai Jones, JT Thor, all these guys, Nick Richards even, all these guys, and then bring in new guys as well if you if you do trade the second overall pick. It just doesn't work. There's not enough room. Um, but, I mean, if you're willing to get rid of those guys, then, yeah, I'll, by all means, you know, accumulate the draft pick. So that one's really hard just because I don't think the Orlando Magic are looking to give away their players either. I think they're kind of in the same boat of we have players – that's why we're trying to get rid of these two picks to get one player. They're trying to consolidate their pick. I get that. I just don't see them doing it. Well, I don't see the Hornets. I don't see them being able to offer anything that the Hornets want without knowing the Hornets' true intentions. Because, of course, they're going to tell us they want to make the playoffs every year because they know how desperate the city of Charlotte, the state of North Carolina, the Carolinas are to see this team make the playoffs and be just even decent. But... It, it, it's just it's hard to know for sure what they're exactly they're going to do. Now, if we move on to the Pacers, the Pacers, same thing. They really don't. I, w- I wouldn't even say they don't have they they have the picks. They don't have any players with the with the magic. They had players. There's a lot of players on the magic. I would like. However, I don't see the point like they're trying to do what the Hornets are allegedly trying to do. So therefore, they're not going to give up those players. Pacers don't really have anybody. I mean, it depends how dedicated they are to Ben Matherin. Um, I don't think they're going to be willing to give up Miles Turner because I think one, I think they signed into an extension. And two, you would just need a center again, even if you were to trade that and whatever for Brandon Miller, which that's who I would assume they will be taking. If they trade it up, uh, Chris, Chris Duarte, even though he lit us up, yeah, I think his rookie year, I don't think he's someone either that would, you know, really interest the Charlotte Hornets. Um, I, I can't really think of anyone else on that roster that really moves me. Um, and they really just have picks to offer. And the Hornets aren't looking to add younger players as of right now, as that I know of. If they were to take a deal like that, then that obviously points us in a direction the Hornets are willing to go. 
But as of right now, you got to speak as if the team wants to win. So in my opinion, the Pelicans have the best bet just because they have the players that can help this team win right away. It's just not going to be easy. Now, in saying that, more than likely the pick won't get moved. And I say that just because I cannot think of a deal that makes sense for both parties. So I would assume the Charlotte Hornets stay pat. So that is where we bring up the debate between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. I prefer Scoot. I am perfectly okay with Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller is an excellent player. Brandon Miller fits onto this team perfectly. Like, I cannot say that enough. I mean, it goes LaMelo, Terry, Miles, Brandon. Actually, I would go LaMelo, Terry, Brandon, Miles. Because Brandon needs to add a little bit of weight. Brandon, Miles, Mark Williams. I that is, I I mean how can you be mad at that? You got Brandon Miller who can is a good defender, decent playmaker, the great shooter, had one of the best you know single seasons in college basketball. You know as a recent, you just can't deny how good Brandon Miller is. However, the reason I would prefer Scoot is just because one Scoot is a good player. Two, he does everything that that Lamelo does not do, which is attack the basket. Um, that, I mean, that's really it. He's very he's very effective at attacking the basket. He's very effective in the mid-range, which LaMelo is, but with his floater, Scoot can actually shoot from the mid-range, and that's something I appreciate because it's not something we really have enough. Um, Scoot does play well off ball. LaMelo does, too, to an extent. It's just more perimeter work as opposed to Scoot Henderson is driving to the basket. And then you also have LaMelo who can pass him the ball. In past, I will say that LaMelo maybe does not make these, you know, cuts to the basket or anything like that because there's not too many people on the roster who was able to really get him the ball. Terry Rozier, I think he's his basketball IQ is good. He's able to find an open man, but he's not really passing people open. Miles Bridges, to an extent, can do that. But after a year, I'm not going to bank on, oh, well, Miles Bridges can do it. You know, a year ago at this point, and let you know he might still be able to do. It. I'm not. I'm not taking that risk. So I can see with Scoot Henderson, uh, Lamelo maybe cutting to the basket a little more. I'm not sure if his efficiency goes up, but I could see the opportunities. Uh, Steve Clifford drawing up plays uh, for Lamelo to do that. But when you switch it, Scoot Henderson does all of that, and Lamelo's able to get him to the ball. You know, like I mentioned, Miles. So you have more options in that way. Brandon Miller is probably going to be more of the Terry type of passer as of right now, which is I can pass you because you're open, but I'm, I can't pass you open. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, players have great careers doing that. It is, I'm not saying that that's a detriment to Brandon Miller. All I'm saying is I would just prefer Scoop because – uh, LaMelo can pass him open, Miles Bridges can pass him open, and vice versa. Scoop can also pass these guys open as well because he's that good of a playmaker. Also, he just brings uh, this intensity, the dog in him. It, it, it's just something that just exuberates from him. Uh, that is something we don't have. I don't know anybody on the Charlotte Hornets personally at all. The closest I've got was one time I had a Instagram, uh, I wouldn't even say it, what, an Instagram conversation with uh, Roa Figueroa from the summer league team last year who like didn't miss a shot for two games. That's the closest I've got. Oh, and Bryce McGowan's mom or auntie, his aunt follows my YouTube channel. So trust the buzz on YouTube. If you didn't know. Uh, so yeah, that, I mean, that's the closest I've got. So I don't know any of you guys personally, but with scoop, you can tell just by his interviews, just by the way he carries himself. He wants 
him and his team, his he just wants it the best to be the best player he can be, and he's willing to do whatever it takes. We don't have that in an open medium the way we do we would with Scoot. Lamelo doesn't really talk like that. I mean, I'm not saying Lamelo wants the team to win. I'm not saying Lamelo doesn't care. I'm not saying any of that. But every interview you see with Scoot, all he talks about is how good he wants to be. All he talks about is just how how much he can help a team be successful. That's all he talks about. Now, it could be the whole pre-draft thing, and that's to get drafted, and then once he gets drafted, I don't know. I don't know him personally either, but we just don't have that where it's just visible. Like I said, I don't know these guys, so I don't want people thinking, oh, you know, that that's not true. I, I don't know these guys. But with Scoot, you can just tell. It's just so obvious by the way he carries himself on the court, off the court, in interviews, all of that. And that's something we need. We desperately need. Everybody on our team is, I mean, like, and I say team as in, like, front office and all. Everyone's so old school. Everyone's, like, kind of so just very laid back. And it's not getting us anywhere. That's something that actually truly bothers me with this team because we've seen it reflect on the court where teams down by 20 and like, like when miles was playing, let's say what, two years ago at this point, a year ago, whatever, however you want to say it, we would go down by 20 and we would come back. But that was because the team was just so gifted offensively. It wasn't really that. Oh, they just flipped another switch. It was like, no, they started hitting their shots. And that's how good that team was. Offense. I mean, literally one of the best offensives in the league, top 10, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So, with that being said, yeah, like we were offensively gifted, but it wasn't like they someone had to be like the leader on the floor or anything like that. I think Gordon Hayward was a good leader, but I've always said this. He's a leader by example, but he's never on the court to lead by example. So that's like his biggest problem. And I, I don't know what he does behind closed doors, but I'm just saying from what I've seen on the screen, that that is just what I what I've noticed. Uh, Scoot Henderson, you're gonna, you can tell like, he's gonna be, he's going to hype, be hyping guys up. He's going to be that spark, quote unquote, off the bench. Even though he's, more, you know, somehow they'll find him, they'll find a way for him to start. Even with Terry, they'll, they'll figure it out. But he will be that spark. So even if he's in the start lineup, he will be that spark to help everyone, like just jolt some energy into the team because we need it desperately. Everybody acts so cool, calm, and collected, which is. Cool to an extent, but it's like right now I need y'all to be scrappy because we, we that's what we're that's what we're doing that's what we're fighting for. It's not like we're the Warriors. It's not like we're the Spurs of old. It's not like we're even the Heat. Like you saw how the Heat play, the Heat culture thing. That stuff is real. Now, if you want to go into the whole like, oh, everybody who came through the Miami Heat is like this, you know that may be you know fabricated to an extent, but you see how they play. Now, I mean. They've only had so much talent, which is why they end up losing in the finals. But you saw that everyone is just playing their heart out every possession. We need that. And Scoop brings that. That's the biggest separator between Scoop Henderson and Brandon Miller. And it's and I can get where someone's saying that's not even basketball related necessarily. Completely get it. It's it's just I prefer Scoot. I prefer to have someone like that in the locker room. I'm not saying Brandon Miller's like that. I know he's been sick this whole draft process, so it could take a lot of that from him. I did see him uh, do like a quick interview with Shams maybe a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about how he wants to come in to be some type of leader uh, no matter what team he goes to. I, I respect that. I appreciate that. But with Scoot, it just – you can see it. Like I don't, I don't have to hear him say it. It does help that he says it, but you can see it. Um, Brandon Miller, I, I think is an excellent player. I'm literally not mad at, but 
One thing I've mentioned on Twitter, and follow me at TrustBuzz. I'll put the link down in the description for wherever you listen to podcasts. But one thing I mentioned is no matter what happens with this second pick, no matter if it's Scoot Henderson, no matter if it's Brandon Miller, no matter if we're trading back with the Magic, no matter if it's Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, whoever, it's a step in the right direction for this franchise, and I think it's going to put this franchise in a position to be successful in the future, no matter what it is. There's, I'm not going to jinx it, so I'm not going to say what I was about to say. I'll maybe say it on a later podcast, but no matter what happens, it, it's going to put us in a good position. I truly believe that. I truly believe that what we've come accustomed to with the Hornets is changing. It's a slow change. It's going to take time, but it is changing. And you can tell. And I'm very grateful for that because I don't I have a have a like all my friends that I like personally know. We have this group chat. All we talk is basketball and sports of all kinds. And in this past playoffs, every single friend that I had in that group chat, their team made the playoffs. Except the Hornets. Well, and the Pacers, but that guy's in not that active in the chat. Anyway, the point is, I think we all want this team to be successful. I think we all want this team to finally be good. This is it. I know we can pick and pry and, you know, dissect all, you know, these options down to the core. But really, the the, the thing that we can all agree on and the thing that can all make us happy is that no matter what happens, I think it will be a success. It just may not be the way you envisioned, envisioned us being successful, but I think no matter what they do, it will be successful. So I would like to say that, we should take time to be grateful for that because it's true. No matter what happens, I think it's going to be a step in the right direction and it's that we're going to see something new in Charlotte in a good way. Speaking of seeing something new, here we are talking about the owners, Gabe Plotkin, uh, Rick Schnall, Rich Schnall. And I really don't have much to say about that. I mean, they're like, I know Gabe Plotkin's like some venture capitalist guy. Um, Rich, Rick Schnall, Rich Schnall. I, I always mix it up, and I really just looked at it before I, I started recording. But Mr. Schnall, we'll just say that they're not necessarily basketball guys, but that's think I think that's something I like. I am someone who like would like to see more NBA players be part of owners, part owners, owners of some kind, maybe more extent than like Dwayne Wade is in Utah, maybe have a little more power than that. I mean, I'm sure they, they go to Dwayne Wade, but I, I want something, you know, a little more concrete, like how Michael Jordan was, but I think Michael Jordan just wasn't able to separate himself. And I feel like that's anything with, that's anybody with anything they care about. And um, yeah. So my point is, Gabe Plotkin, and Rich, Mr. Schnall, I don't think they're NBA guys. I don't think they're basketball guys, even though Plotkin was a minority owner of the Hornets and Schnall was, or yeah, Schnall was uh, a minority owner of the Hawks or part of a group that owned part of the Hawks. But I think that's a good thing because of the fact that I do feel like any good business person knows that when they're venturing into some type of new business, something they're not familiar with, it's important to get the smartest people in the room of that particular area and have them do the work and you just give them the support that they need. Like David Tepper for the Carolina Panthers. It took him a second. 
You know, he took over the team two years ago, three years ago. Let um, Matt Rule do his thing. Finally got sick of it. Hurt hearing the fans complain. Uh, you know, Panthers fans complain. Got rid of him. If you care about football or even just care about Carolina sports, I know you saw this. They went out and spent money and to build the possibly one of the best coaching staffs that a football team could ask for. But that's a good businessman decision. I think he did a great job putting that staff together. And do I think he particularly did all that? No, but I, I he put himself around the right people to help him make the right decisions. And that's what I expect Gabe Plotkin to do and Mr. Schnall to do. I expect them to find, and, and I don't think it's going to be time. I think Mitch Kupchak is decent at his job. Steve Clifford, I mean, he was getting out results last year. There's no really real reason to fire either one of them, to be honest with you, in my opinion, as of right now. So I think you keep them around a little longer, maybe just until next year, because I think that's when Steve Clifford has the option. I thought it was this year, but maybe not, because I think it was this year. I really feel like they would have took it just because of the fact that the team is being sold and all that. But they, no, no news yet. I mean, there's still it could still happen, but I don't know. What I am saying is that give them another year with Steve Clifford, Mitch Kupchak. I don't expect much to change as far as I don't expect too big of moves because I think they're going to want their guys in. But I will say this. I think they're going to do what David Tepper did, which is get the smartest basketball minds that are on the market that you can afford, that you can you know bring in and have convince them to come to Charlotte and let them do their thing. And you just support them in any way possible, because I think they're going to understand that if you win. That will solve all your problems. Winning literally solves everything. We're seeing exactly what's going on with the Phoenix Suns. They're trading everything to be good now. Now, will that work basketball wise? Maybe not. And do I want Hornets to take that route? No. But. There are probably very few Suns fans that really hate what they got going on. They may be, you know, unsure, which I get it. One, you haven't seen it on the court. Two, it doesn't ever really work. Not really. Uh, I mean, work with LeBron, but that's LeBron, you know, at some at some point, you know, it's just, just that's how it goes. So, no, the super team thing typically doesn't work, especially with KD and, you know, unless it's the Warriors as well. But as much as Suns fans can say they're not really feeling it, I don't think they're mad at the owner trying to do what's best for the team or trying to do what he can to help this team be successful. They may not have they may have a problem with how he's doing it, but they nobody can say that he's not trying. And that's something we've said about Michael Jordan for years now is that he's not trying. Nobody in here is trying. So I just say give them time. But I think they're going to take the route that David Tepper did and just put around the best staff they can to help support this team. And we should also not put too much pressure on them. Don't take the last 13 years or so out on them. Give them time because I'm not saying this is why Matt Ishbia did this. I'm not saying this at all. I don't I don't I don't know exactly what's going on over there. It's that that could just be who he is. But if you take out the what Michael Jordan did on the court, we'll just say that because I do want to mention what Michael Jordan did off the court. But if you take out what Michael Jordan did on the court, as far as the product he put on the floor, 
you will be upset. But don't take it out on them. They had nothing to do with it. The new owners had nothing to do with anything that happened in the last 13 years. So just give them time. If you put pressure on them, and this is what I was referring to Matt HBA, it could lead to moves like that. Once again, that could just be who he is. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that it could lead to moves like that, where if we take the last 13 years of anger that we've had towards Michael Jordan in this franchise and take it out on them, it could lead to them doing something stupid. Because I feel like this team really, I feel like this group, because you got J. Cole, you got Eric Church. These are guys who... They're entertainers, but they care. They're there at games. They care about this franchise. They care about the Carolinas. If you put pressure on this group of people who've purchased this team, it could lead to stuff like that. And we don't need that. So give them time. I'm not saying follow them blindly. I'm not saying, you know, let them do whatever and then kind of just ignore it. But like, oh, they're new owners. All I'm saying is just let's not put too much pressure on them. Let's give them time to build, get their bearings, and hopefully lead this team to be successful. Anyway, that does it for this episode of the Believe in Hornets podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Darian, a.k.a. Trust the Buzz. Follow me on Twitter at TrustBuzz, T-R-U-Z-Z-B-U-Z-Z. And once again, Trust the Buzz on YouTube. I'm close to a thousand subscribers, so help me out there. Uh, thank you, Believe, for just having me on here. Um, I, I, I'm going to record more. I just was really just scared to upload and then somehow to take it down or something like that. But I'm, I'm just going to go and we'll just go with the flow because I love talking Hornets basketball with y'all. So thank you so much. And, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, don't forget to rate this five stars. Don't forget to share it with your podcast friends. And yeah, without further ado, thank you so much. And I'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.